It's absolutely one of the most important trials of my life. You believe that after the Netherlands legalized same-sex marriage, the Netherlands went on after that to legalize incest and polygamy and... I mean, who told you that, sir? It's in the Internet. Your Honor, I can answer the question, but I cannot give an accurate answer if the only two choices I have are yes and no. One sentence is all I'm asking for. Justice and love ultimately will prevail in this cause. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Greg Gordon. A terrorist teen kills two at a Slovakian gay bar. Montenegro pride demands no more bots. And California marriage equality goes from court to stage and back. Those stories and more this week now that you've discovered This Way Out. I'm M.R. Raquel. And I'm Michael LeBeau. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending October 15th, 2022. Shots rang out at a popular Bratislava, Slovakia gay bar on the night of October 12th. Two men in their mid-twenties were killed, and a woman thought to be a Tepleren bar employee was seriously injured. Police found the 19-year-old suspect the following day dead of self-inflicted wounds. Officials are calling it an act of terrorist hate by a radicalized teenager. Press reports out of the Slovakian capital say that the shooter posted a lengthy manifesto on social media against both Jewish and LGBTQ people, including the hashtags hate crime and gay bar. He claimed responsibility soon after the horrific attacks, posting photos from the scene and several of himself. He assured like-minded zealots that he would meet them on the other side. Thousands gathered in downtown Bratislava on the 14th to honor the victims and show their support. Many waved rainbow flags and stop the violence signs. President Zuzana Kaputova expressed her personal support at a makeshift memorial outside the bar, declaring, I want to say to the LGBT community, it is not you who don't belong here. It is hate that does not belong in Slovakia. A coalition of queer groups in the Central European nation condemned the unprecedented attack motivated by anti-queer hatred. They called on their fellow Slovakians to give full equality to LGBTQ people in order to ensure that such bloody violence is not repeated. Mexico's Senate has overwhelmingly acted to ban all conversion therapy. The October 11th vote was 69 in favor, 2 opposed, and 16 abstentions. The bill now heads to the Chamber of Deputies, where proponents hope it will finally be made law. A handful of countries have prohibited the bogus practice that claims to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity. In most of them, the bans are limited to victims under the age of 18. However, the new Mexican law would criminalize all efforts to convert queer people. The bill has been three years in the making. Leftist parties first introduced the national measure in October 2018. Conversion therapy is already banned in 12 states and the Federal District of Mexico City. Senator Patricia Mercado voted yes. She said, There's nothing to cure. It is not a disease. 
These are cruel and inhuman treatments that we have to stop in our country. A press statement from the queer rights group Yaj Mexico stressed that conversion therapy's main victims are young LGBTQ plus people, causing irreparable damage to their mental health throughout their adult life and in the worst cases, driving them to suicide. Yaj Mexico proclaimed, The eyes of the world are today on this historic advance in human rights, hoping that it will become an international benchmark. More than 500 people joined Montenegro's 10th LGBTQ Pride March on October 8th. The tiny Balkan nation hosted an international crowd in the capital city of Pogorica. I love that I can go around and I can walk and it's safe and it's fun and it's a lot of people and everybody's smiling. It's just so good. Yes, it's not the way you can do in your hometown. Where is it? It's Russia, it's St. Petersburg. Yes, it's not. Like, it's unimaginable like this there. Until recent years, the festivities were marred by anti-queer violence. The powerful Serbian Orthodox Church again led a few so-called traditional values officials in a protest prayer gathering the day before the Pride March, but it failed to inspire a repeat of such violence. In fact, much to the chagrin of the church and its allies, Montenegro's government has started vocally supporting pride events. Aspiring to membership in the European Union, lawmakers even approved less-than-marriage registered partnerships for same-gender couples in 2020. Despite those advances, queer activists are demanding more from the conservative, patriarchal population of about 650,000. With a cry to curb hate speech and harassment, the theme of the 10th annual Montenegro Pride March was no more butts. As one activist said, we don't want government officials to come here and take photos with us. We want results. No more butts. Marriage equality moved another tiny step forward in Japan. U.S. citizen Andrew Hai won a designated activities visa because of his marriage to a Japanese citizen. The designated activities visa has only been used for legally married foreign same-gender couples. Tokyo court judge Yoshitaka Ichihara ruled that Hai should have the same right based on the constitutional mandate of equality under the law. Hai met his Japanese husband, Kohei, in California in 2004. The economic downturn forced Kohei to return to Japan in 2008. Hai moved to Japan to be with his spouse and had managed to stay in the country under a temporary student visa and then a business visa. They legally married in the U.S. in 2015. Hai has applied for long-term residency five times based on that marriage. Each time he's been denied because same-gender marriages are not legal in Japan, and it only accommodates foreign same-gender marriages if neither party is Japanese. Hai filed his lawsuit against the federal government almost three years ago. He told a press conference, It's hard to believe that this is a success, but he's relieved. The designated activities visa at least allows him and Kohei to legally live in Japan for five years, and it's renewable. With their 18th anniversary coming up, Hai said, During this entire time, we've never been able to really have a picture beyond a year or so that felt secure.
Hundreds of University of Florida students are pulling the welcome mat out from under their prospective new university president. Nebraska Republican Senator Ben Sass is set to bring his lengthy anti-queer track record to the don't-say-gay state. Sass condemns the 2015 U.S. Supreme Court marriage equality ruling and opposed the Respect for Marriage Act to codify that decision when it passed in the U.S. House earlier this year. He has also celebrated the high court's Dobbs decision outlawing a woman's right to choose. Sass's selection as university president has been considered a foregone conclusion since a board of trustees search committee named him as the one and only finalist about a week ago. Queer-identified University of Florida junior Grace Smith told the campus independent Florida alligator newspaper, I think his presence is a threat to my well-being here, and if he actually becomes president, he won't live a day of peace. Protests erupted at a town hall meeting in Gainesville this week, prematurely ending the student Q&A session. A separate, in-person meeting with university staff and faculty was held digitally. Sass's final interview with the board is scheduled for November 1st. Finally, hashtag odd pairings. Utah County has become a global hub for same-gender couples to get legally married if they cannot do it in their home country. Utah has no citizenship requirement for state marriage licenses, and the COVID pandemic prompted officials in the Utah County seat of Provo to institute virtual marriages in 2020. The couple only needs to be of legal age, and their identities must be verifiable. Including the officiant, one person involved in the Zoom ceremony must physically be in the state. More than 200 couples from China and Hong Kong have tied the knot that way since last year, according to Rest of the World magazine. Civil marriage is obviously not a possibility in their home jurisdictions, so those digital marriages are not legally recognized. However, for many couples personally, the ceremonies have brought a closer, more secure relationship. Utah County has performed more than 3,500 international weddings, including couples from Finland, France, and Kenya, according to the New York Times. Bert Harvey oversees marriage licenses at the county clerk's office. He told the Times, We have become an international marriage venue completely by accident. But we're leaning into it. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude, for the week ending October 15, 2022. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. Newsrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm M.R. Raquel. Stay healthy. And I'm Michael LeBeau. Stay safe. It's all right. You may all come out. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre brought her special rainbow flare to the White House briefing room on October 11th. So today is National Coming Out Day, and so I wanted to start by sharing my own coming out story. Like so many in the LGBTQ community, Coming out wasn't an easy thing to do. My family was traditional and conservative. Being gay in my family wasn't something that you mentioned out loud or celebrated. 
But my family, like many, many other families, grew to accept who I was. They saw that who I loved didn't change who I was as a person. It didn't change the things I liked to do. And it didn't change the goals I had for my life. The beauty of America is its freedoms and the promise that you can achieve your dreams, no matter your race, sex, country of origin, sexual orientation, or gender identity. This is something we continue to strive toward and fight for, particularly as we continue to see a wave of anti-LGBTQ legislation across the country. And it's why I'm so honored to serve the President and the First Lady, who have stood with the LGBTQ community for many years and will continue to stand with all those who come out. And we are thinking about those who are coming out or those who are thinking about coming out. And we are here for you. And we will uh, continue to support you. Thank you. You see, it's all clear. You are meant to be here. This is Philip Brown from the Metropolitan Community Church in Cologne, Germany. My name is John Shellhorn from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Und ihr hört gerade This Way Out. And you are listening to This Way Out. Das internationale LSBTI Radiomagazin. The international LGBTQ magazine. This Way Out is supported by contributions from our listeners. Some give a little each month, some make a larger annual contribution. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org. Thank you. I'm your biggest fan, California, coming home. You can now see the actual courtroom proceedings from one of the most significant trials in the quest for marriage equality in the U.S. And it's not just a good queer history lesson. This week, the Supreme Court passed on the chance to prevent the release of videotapes from the landmark trial involving California's Proposition 8, a ballot initiative that overturned the state Supreme Court's ruling that allowed same-gender couples to marry. Efforts to broadcast the hearings live were blocked. Mark Maracle and Christopher Martinez of Pacifica Radio News covered the trial's opening day in January of 2010. The nation's first federal trial over marriage for same-sex couples opened this morning in San Francisco. Federal District Court Judge Vaughn Walker heard opening statements and the first witnesses in Perry v. Schwarzenegger, a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of California's Proposition 8 banning marriage for same-sex couples. The U.S. Supreme Court this morning blocked plans to broadcast the trial over the Internet, but people around the nation are following developments on a landmark trial that could end up in the Supreme Court. Christopher Martinez reports from San Francisco. 
Lawyer Ted Olson opened his case against Proposition 8 by saying plaintiffs are being denied both the right to marry and the right to equality under law. He argues that Prop 8 slammed the door to marriage for gay and lesbian citizens and, in his words, adds yet another chapter to the long history of discrimination they have suffered. All for no good reason. Lawyer Charles Cooper, for the defense, used different language to defend Prop 8, talking about sexual embodiment, socially approved sexual intercourse between a man and a woman, and channeling procreative activity. The trial drew people from around the state. It's absolutely one of the most important trials of my life. Shelley Bales of Davis came with her partner of 36 years, Alan Pontek. They were the second same-sex couple to legally marry in California. Pontek says she was especially taken aback by the arguments about procreation. Well, I think it was when they started uh, off their their side by talking about how marriage is for procreation. I I just couldn't believe that they did that. Uh, So many couples marry who aren't having children, who can't have children, who have no desire to have children, who are too old to have children, whatever, and that when they said how important marriage is for children, it made us realize, of course, same-sex couples are having children at the same rate as opposite-sex couples, and if marriage is the best thing for children, it's the best thing for all children. After the opening statements, the court heard testimony from plaintiffs in the case. Paul Katami testified that Prop 8 commercials about protecting children made it seem like he and his partner are a threat to children, but in his words, we just want to get married. During a break in the trial, lawyer Andrew Puno, one of the sponsors of Prop 8, defended the Prop 8 ads. We, we stand by everything that we said in the official campaign statements. A feature of the campaign was that When it comes to marriage and family and sexuality, those are issues that we think parents should be able to discuss with their children. And we made the point that children needed to be protected against interference with that important discussion uh, by having uh, gay marriage taught in the schools. John Lewis of Marriage Equality USA was one of the plaintiffs in the marriage cases when the California Supreme Court legalized marriage for same-sex couples until Prop 8. He says lots of charges have been made against same-sex marriage and lesbian and gay couples, but now that Prop 8 is in federal court, evidence will show those charges to be scare tactics. Today, we're commencing a historic trial um, where evidence will actually show that the freedom to marry is one of those constitutional rights that's guaranteed to all. Whoever loses in the district court trial will likely appeal, and the case could end up before the U.S. Supreme Court. Despite the conservative leaning of the high court, Lewis is optimistic. Inscribed at the top of the Supreme Court of the United States building is equal justice under law. And that's what we're after, equal justice under law. And we know that justice and love ultimately will prevail in this cause. The trial continues with more witnesses Tuesday and could end up running for two more weeks. Reporting from the Federal Courthouse in San Francisco, I'm Christopher Martinez. Although the Proposition 8 trial was not aired for the public, the now-retired and openly gay U.S. District Judge Vaughn Walker had the proceedings videotaped for his own use in his deliberations. It's as if the winning defenders of marriage equality in California knew that the testimony as presented would still be relevant to the civil rights arguments we continue to face today. For 12 years, they've kept up the fight against the initiative's proponents who wanted to keep Judge Walker's tapes forever sealed. 
By declining to take up the case, the Supreme Court yielded to the November 2021 ruling of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and those tapes have now been released. Absent the actual recordings at the time, Oscar-winning gay screenwriter Dustin Lance Black took matters into his own pen. He wrote and produced the play Eight, based on the trial transcripts. Thanks to the LA Theater Works, here are excerpts from the Los Angeles production featuring John C. Riley as David Blankenhorn of the Institute for American Values, George Takai as Dr. William Tam of the Traditional Family Coalition, George Clooney as co-counsel for the plaintiffs, David Boyce, Kevin Bacon as ProtectMarriage.com attorney Charles Grouper, and Brad Pitt as Judge Vaughn Walker. It's now easy to understand why Prop 8 backers fought the public release of the actual videotapes for so long. What is your relationship to the Traditional Family Coalition? I am the executive director of Traditional Family Coalition. All right, this is an email that you wrote on May 15th, 2008. Is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. And the last sentence of this says, We can't lose the battle for Proposition 8 or God's definition of marriage will be permanently erased in California. Now, was that your motivation for participating with protectmarriage.com in promoting Proposition 8? Yes. And then the last sentence says, if sexual orientation is characterized as a civil right, then so would pedophilia, polygamy, and incest. Do you agree with that, sir? I agree. Let me go down to point four, where you say that countries that legalize same-sex marriage saw alarming moral decline. You believe that after the Netherlands legalized same-sex marriage, the Netherlands went on after that to legalize incest and polygamy and... I mean, who told you that, sir? It's in the Internet. <laughs> Mr. Blankenhorn, what is the primary purpose of marriage in human groups? We're embodied as male and female. That's the basic division in the species. We, we reproduce sexually... In fact, the famous anthropologist Claude Levi-Strauss once described marriage as a social institution with a biological foundation. He was saying that across societies, that the man and the woman whose sexual union makes the child, that those same two individuals are also the social and legal parents of the child. And there is only one institution in the world that performs the task of bringing together the three dimensions of parenthood, the biological, the social, and the legal. That institution is marriage, because we know how important this is for children. Very well. Mr. Boyce, you may cross-examine. Well, all right. Uh, let me try to make this as simple as I can. <laughs> Have any of, the, any of the scholars that you've said you relied on said that permitting same-sex marriage will cause a reduction in heterosexual marriages? That's yes, no, or I don't know. I know the answer. I cannot answer you correctly if the only words I'm allowed to choose from is yes or no. I can give you my answer in a very brief sentence. If you know the answer, why don't you share it with us? I, well, I would be happy to, but he's only permitting me to give yes and no. I, and I, well, I cannot do that and be accurate. He is giving you three choices. Yes, no, I don't know. But I do know. I do know the answer. Then is it yes or is it no? 
Your, your Honor, I can answer the question, but I cannot give an accurate answer if the only two choices I have are yes and no. I, if you give me a sentence, I can answer it. So one sentence is all I'm asking for. All right, let's take a sentence, one sentence. Can you ask me the question again, please? Yes. Have any of the scholars who you say you relied on asserted that they believe permitting same-sex marriage will result in a reduction in the heterosexual marriage rate? My answer is that I believe that some of the scholars I have cited have asserted that permitting same-sex marriage would contribute to the deinstitutionalization of marriage, one of the manifestations of which would be a lower marriage rate among heterosexuals, but I do not have sure knowledge that in the exact form of words you are asking me for, they have made the direct assertion that permitting same-sex marriage would directly lower the marriage rate among Mr. heterosexuals. Mr. Blankenhorn. That wasn't that long. Now, you believe that gays and lesbians today are raising children, correct? Of course, yes. And in fact, hundreds of thousands of children are being raised by gay and lesbian couples, is that correct? I don't know how many. Did you ever try to find out? I did. And were you able to make an approximation? I was. Yes, sir, I was. <laughs> and what was that approximation? I can't recall. <laughs> now, in binder number one, we have a copy of your book, Future of Marriage. And the last two sentences. After all, part of the reason why the principle is so revolutionary is that it can grow and deepen over time. Groups that had long been considered effectively outside its moral reach, African Americans, women, people of certain colors or languages or religions, can over time, and often as a result of great struggle, enter into its protective sphere. And then you get to two sentences I want to particularly direct your attention to. You say, I believe that today the principle of equal human dignity must apply to gay and lesbian persons. You see that? Yes, yes sir. Yep. And the I there is you, correct? That's correct. And you say that, in that sense, insofar as we are a nation founded on this principle, we would be more, emphasize more, American on the day we permitted same-sex marriage than we were on the day before. I wrote those words. You believe them to be correct? Yes, uh, yes, I now believe them. That's correct. Your Honor, I have no more questions. California, You've been listening to excerpts from the Los Angeles Theater Works 2012 production of Dustin Lance Black's Eight. It starred George Takei, John C. Riley, George Clooney, Kevin Bacon, and Brad Pitt. You can find other superb audio productions at latw.org. The real-life videotapes of the Proposition 8 trial are now available on YouTube.
Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from M.R. Raquel and Michael LeBeau, produced by Brian Duchaser, with archival material from Mark Miracle and Christopher Martinez. Emerson Lake and Palmer, the Dewey Brothers, and Joni Mitchell performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson, composed and performed our theme music. This way out acknowledges the support of David Hunt and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Richard Chappelle and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. We thank you for listening online at thiswayout.org and on WRWK Midlothian, Virginia, KBRP Bisbee, Arizona, 2XX Canberra City, Australian Capital Territory, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.